history of the bands. Welcome, welcome, welcome to History of the Bands. I am your host, the human Google machine, Brandon Withers. How are you? Eyes doing goods. <laughs> On this episode, I will talk about the heavy, thrash, groove, hate, metal band. Yeah, that was a mouthful right there. But yeah, I'm talking about Pantera, formed in 1981 in Arlington, Texas. Pantera is credited for being part of the second wave of thrash metal from the late 80s to early to mid 90s. Pantera is regarded as one of the most successful and influential bands in heavy metal history, having sold around 20 million records worldwide and having received four Grammy nominations. They are some of the greats in this music genre. So, I just got one more question for you guys. Are you ready? No, I don't think you heard me. I said, Are you ready? <laughs> yeah, I'm playing with re reverb here. <laughs> so, let's get this one started. Class is in session. First, let's talk about the members, starting with Rex Brown, born on July 27, 1964 in Graham, Texas. His father was 40 when Brown was born and died in 1971. He was raised by his mother and sister. Brown was first introduced to music through his grandmother, who taught him to play the piano when he was a child and turned him onto ragtime music. Brown was a member of the Boy Scouts of America and achieved the rank of Eagle Scout. Brown became a fan of ZZ Top and Def Leppard as a youth and started playing bass when he was 12 years old. Next, let's talk about Phil, and I might mess this up, guys, because me and them, you know, I still don't get along. Anyway, his name is Phil Anselmo. Anselmo. Yeah, we're going to go with that. If I mispronounce this, I'm sure you guys are going to tell me in the comment section. So, just just go ahead and comment. Tell me. <laughs> anyway, he was born Philip Hansen Anselmo. Yeah, I said it again. On June 30th, 1968, in New Orleans, Louisiana. He is mainly of Italian and French heritage. He is also Danish through his great maternal grandmother. He attended many schools across Louisiana and Texas, the last of which was Grace King High School in New Orleans, which he dropped out of during the 12th grade. Phil's father, Phil, also the same name, owned and operated a restaurant in Metairie called Anselmo's, which closed following Hurricane Katrina. Phil has said in various interviews that he was a class clown as a child. As a teenager, Phil accidentally started a fire in his parents' house while attempting to prank his sister. 
The incident resulted in smoke damage to most of the furniture and part of the house needing renovation. Phil worked on a shrimp boat with his stepfather in his teenage years. Now that's all I got on him. But now I'm going to talk about two past members, which I'm sure you'll understand, and I'm going to talk about them in depth here. First is Vinnie Paul, born Vincent Paul Abbott on March 11, 1964 in Aberdeen, Texas, and Dimebag Daryl, born Daryl Lance Abbott on August 20, 1966 in Ennis, Texas. Their parents was Jerry, a country music songwriter and producer, and Carolyn Abbott. The Abbott brothers' parents divorced in 1979 after 17 years of marriage, but their family life remained happy. The brothers lived with their mother, Carolyn, in a ranch-style house in Arlington. Carolyn was supportive of her boys' musical endeavors. Their father, Jerry, remained in the area after the divorce, and Daryl would often go on a bicycle to visit him for guitar lessons pretty darn regularly. Dimebag took up the guitar when he was 12 years old. His first guitar was a Les Paul-style Hondo, which he received on his 12th birthday. Influenced by Black Sabbath, Judas Priest, Kiss, and Van Halen, he would initially spend time in his room standing in front of the mirror holding the guitar while wearing Ace Frehley-style makeup. Though he was unable to play the instrument at the time, Jerry learned Kiss songs on guitar in order to teach Dimebag how to play them. Vinny originally played the tuba, but was directed towards the drums by his father, who said there was no career prospects for a tuba player. His father bought him his first drum kit. Vinny cited Peter Chris, Alex Van Halen, and Tommy Aldridge as his biggest influence as a drummer. Now to list the remaining past members, that is Terry Glaze, Donnie Hart, and Tommy Bradford. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Hey everyone, have you ever felt just down and out, depressed, like you need somebody? I've been there before, and when I was like that, I wish I knew about BetterHelp. Now, BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service, and it is 100% online. With BetterHelp, you can tap into a network of over 25,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of issues. To get started, you just answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy. That way, BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. Then you can talk to your therapist however you feel like doing it. You can do it via text message, chat, phone, or video call. You can message your therapist at any time and schedule live sessions whenever is convenient for you. If your therapist isn't that right fit for any reason, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional charge. With BetterHelp, you get the same professionalism and quality you expect from an in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is custom-picked for you. More scheduling, flexibility, and at a more affordable price. Get 10% off your first month at 
betterhelp.com slash history of the bands. That is better h e l p dot com slash history of the bands. And thank you, BetterHelp, for sponsoring this podcast. So how this band came to be was the band was originally named Jimmy, then Eternity, before finally settling on Pantera and consisted of Vinnie Paul on drums, Dimebag on lead guitar, Terry Glaze on rhythm guitar, lead vocalist was Donnie Hart, and the bassist was Tommy Bradford. In 1982, Hart left the band and Glaze became the group's lead vocalist. Later, Glaze stopped playing the rhythm guitar, leaving Daryl to do the guitars solely, doing both lead and rhythm. So, I mean, he was doing everything. Later that year, Bradford also departed and was replaced by Rex Brown on bass. Pantera became an underground favorite, even though the band's regional tours in this era never took them beyond Texas, Oklahoma, and Louisiana. The band began supporting fellow heavy metal slash glam metal acts such as Striper and Quiet Riot. Pantera released their first studio album, Metal Magic, on June 10, 1983 by their own label called Metal Magic and produced by Jerry Abbott. The sound was musically oriented towards glam slash heavy metal sound influenced by Kiss and Van Halen. What is funny is this is actually glam, but the Abbott brothers were 16 and 19 years old at the time. So yeah, their first album wasn't thrash metal. It was glam metal. (laughs) The track list is Ride My Rocket, I'll Be Alright, Tell Me If You Want It, Latest Lover, Biggest Part of Me, Metal Magic, Widowmaker, Nothing On, Sad Lover, and rock out for a total length of 39 minutes and 37 seconds. All music critics gave Metal Magic a largely negative ranking at 1.5 stars out of 5. Ouch! (laughs) The critics described the album as excessively average hard rock and metal misfires. With only two promising songs in I'll Be Alright and Widowmaker. Furthermore, the album's strongest asset, even in the early years, was Dimebag Daryl's guitar playing. The band didn't get discouraged and made a second album called Projects in the Jungle, released on July 27, 1984, by Metal Magic and produced by Jerry again. Although still very much a glam metal album, the band members crafted songs that had less overbearing melodic influences another change was terry glaze's name as he was henceforth credited as terrence lee the track list is all over tonight out for blood blue light turning red like fire in over my head projects in the jungle heavy metal rules only a heartbeat away killers and taking my life for a total length of 35 minutes and 47 seconds The band made their first music video for the track All Over Tonight. All Music Critic described Terry Glaze's vocal style as ear-assaulting and the lyrics as frequently moronic. Examples of glam metal cliches of the era. Nonetheless, Projects in the Jungle was a major improvement 
over the band's tentative performances on the debut album, Metal Magic, and its much-improved production clarity and, and musicianship spoke volumes of Pantera's growing professionalism and maturity. Well, here rolls around 1985, and the band made a third album called I Am The Night, released in October of 1985 by Metal Magic and produced by Jerry again. It was made available only on vinyl and cassettes, with any subsequent CD releases being bootleg transferred from the vinyl or tape originally. It was the last Pantera album to feature lead vocalist Terry Glaze, as well as their last to feature a primarily glam metal sound. The track list is Hot and Heavy, I Am The Night, Onward We Rock, DGTTM, Daughters of the Queen, Down Below, Come On Eyes, Right On The Edge, Valhalla, and Forever Tonight. For a total length of 37 minutes and 51 seconds, because of the poor distribution, I Am The Night turned out to be a costly album to many fans. Around 25,000 copies were sold. Pantera's second music video was produced for the track Hot and Heavy. By 1986, Terry's glam approach did not fit the band's developing style, and he and the other members parted ways. During 1986, after so many tryouts with singers, a New Orleans native named Phil had heard Pantera were looking for a singer. At the end of the year, they invited him to audition. The 18-year-old Phil was hired as the new singer on the spot. Phil had previously been the vocalist for the bands Samhai and Razor White. Upon playing with Pantera, Phil immediately clicked with the other three members. The years 1986 and 1987 saw the release of several landmark thrash metal albums that would prove influential to Pantera's developing musical style. Among the most prominent of these were Metallica's Master of Puppets, Slayer's Rain and Blood, Anthrax, Among the Living, and Megadeth's Peace Cells, but who's buying? When Phil joined the band, he would bring his mixtapes and play bands such as Exhorter, Slayer, and Rigamortis to the other band members, helping develop their style in what would become the Pantera sound. Well, during these years, the band recorded their fourth album called Power Metal, released on June 24, 1988 by Metal Magic and produced by Jerry and Mark Fiera. So they added a new producer here besides just letting their dad produce. As the record was close to being finished with Phil on the vocals, the band was brought in with a contract with Gold Mountain Records, one of the distributors for MCA, primarily based on the band's relationship with Mark Fiera. Gold Mountain Records executive Danny Goldberg felt that the record was too heavy. Vinnie Paul stated that the label wanted to change our style and make us sound more like Bon Jovi which the band refused. As a result, the band was forced to release the album through Metal Magic. The track list is Rock the World, Power Metal, We'll Meet Again, Over and Out, Proud to be Loud, Down Below, Death Trap, Hard Ride, Burn, 
and PST88 for a total length of 38 minutes and 10 seconds. As expected, beyond limited promotion and the absence of a major label, the album did not chart. LA Weekly called it one of Pantera's best albums, a solid album of the 80s speed metal. After the release of Power Metal, the band members decided to seriously reconsider their glam metal image and sound, referring to the band's appearance. Vinnie Paul said at the band meeting that these magic clothes don't play music. We do. Let's just go out there and be comfortable. Jeans, t-shirts, whatever, and see where it goes. The band members would later no longer acknowledge their independent releases, including Power Metal, as they sculpted a new, heavier image to accompany their later groove metal sound. Shortly after Power Metal was released, Megadeth needed a guitarist and called Dimebag Daryl. Daryl insisted that his brother, Vinnie Paul, would be included. However, Megadeth had already hired Nick Mendez as their new drummer, so Dimebag declined the offer, and Dave Musain instead decided on Marty Friedman. Just a side note there, uh, I've actually already talked about Megadeth once before, so if you want to know anything about Megadeth, go to Season 2. There's two episodes about Megadeth. The Abbott brothers refocused their attention on Pantera, and in 1989 they were given their first shot at commercial success. That year was also when the band formed their relationship with Walter O'Brien at Concrete Management after being turned down 28 times by every major label. Atco Records representative Mark Ross was asked by his boss, Derek Shulman, who was actually interested in signing Pantera, to see the band perform in Texas. Ross was also impressed by the band's performance that he called his boss that night, suggested that the band should be signed to the label. Atco Records accepted, and at the conclusion of 1989, the band recorded its first major label debut album. It is Cowboys from Hell, released on July 24, 1990 by Atco, and produced by Terry Date. Pantera wanted Terry Date to produce the album on the strengths of his work with Soundgarden, Metal Church, and Overkill, the latter of whose latest album at the time, The Years of the Decay, had influenced Dimebag Daryl's guitar tone, as well as the band's transition away from glam to thrash groove metal. Pantera adopted the new sound and attitude, and the writing of what would become Cowboys from Hell saw the band exploring darker subject matter while the guitar would be notably heavier. During recording sessions, the band chose an unorthodox method, Vinnie Paul recorded the drum tracks first, then Dimebag recorded the guitar, and Brown would record with the bass. This resulted in a tighter sound. Slight inaccuracies were fixed by manually editing the tapes. The track list is Cowboys from Hell, Primal Concrete Sledge, Psycho Holiday, Hearsay, Cemetery Gates, Domination, Shattered, Clash with Reality, Medicine Man, Message in Blood, The Sleep, and The Art of Shredding for a total length of 57 minutes and 44 seconds. The album would become the band's breakthrough record 
as it became their first album to chart in 1992, reaching number 27 on the Billboard's Top Heat Seekers and 117 on the regular Billboard's. It has gone two times platinum. The album has been praised by most critics as it would prove to be one of the most influential albums in the metal scene in the 1990s of all time and would inspire a generation of musicians, particularly guitarists. The album was ranked number 11 on the October 2006 issue of Guitar World magazine's list of the greatest 100 guitar albums of all time. Pantera toured alongside with Exodus and Suicide Tendencies. In 1991, Rob Halford performed with the band on stage, which led to Pantera to open for Judas Priest on their first show in Europe. The band eventually landed a billing for the Monsters of Rock Festival with ACDC, Motley Crue, Metallica, and the Black Crows in September of 1991, where they played to a crowd of over 500,000 in celebration for the new freedom of performing Western music in the former Soviet Union shortly before its collapse three months later. Pantera's unique groove style came to fruition with their sixth studio album called Vulgar Display of Power, released on February 25th, 1992 by Atco and produced by Terry Date again. Before Date came in to work on this album, the band had demoed three tracks. The rest of the songs were written in the studio with little pre-production and demoing. After being in the studio for two months, Pantera were invited to open for Metallica and ACDC at the 1991 Monsters of Rock free concert, which I had just spoke about. The band then returned to the studio to continue working on this new album. They traveled to New York City to master the album at Master Disc. Although guitarist Dimebag was credited on the album with nickname Diamond Daryl during the recording of the album, he had dropped that nickname and assumed Dimebag Daryl. And Rex Brown dropped the Rex Rocker name and went with just Rex Brown. The track list is Mouth of War, A New Level, Walk, Effin' Hostile, I ain't gonna say the dirty word. The Love, Rise, No Good, Live in a Hole, Regular People, By Demons Be Driven, and Hollow for a total length of 52 minutes and 48 seconds. The album peaked at number 44 on the billboards and spent a total of 79 weeks on the charts. The most weeks any Pantera album spent on the charts. The album has gone two times platinum. Vulgar Display of power received critical acclaim upon release. Many critics have praised Dimebag's guitar work on the album and use of heavy metal riffs and tones to set the tone for the album. Reviewers also pointed out the change in Phil's vocals from previous releases, with him using deeper growls and powerful vocals to accompany the catchy riffs and aggressive lyrics. Vulgar display of power has been listed as one of the 1001 albums you must hear before you die. In October 2011, the album was ranked number four on Guitar World Magazine's list of 110 guitar albums of 1992. Walk was a huge success on this album and has influenced so many people. 
To promote the album, Pantera toured with Skid Row and Soundgarden, giving them the opportunity to perform in front of mainstream audiences in the United States. After touring with Skid Row, the band did a European tour with Megadeth. The band also toured with White Zombie in 1992. The unique sound and the band's explosive live performances helped them gain popularity. The music videos for singles for the album were played in regular and heavy rotation on MTV. Also during the 1990s, MTV's Headbangers Ball used Pantera's music as like the theme song, bumpers, and closing theme. Walk and Mouth for War are available as downloadable tracks for the video game Rock Band 3. Walk was also featured in Madden NFL 2010, CSI New York, and Monday Night Football. So, Walk was just such a huge success. To follow up on the success, the band went back to the studio to do their seventh album called Far Beyond Driven. Released on March 22, 1994 by Elektra Records and produced by Terry Date. I didn't see why they changed record companies, so let's move on from that. At the time of its release, Phil was injured with a ruptured disc in his back and was suffering from chronic pain from degenerating disc disease. Phil began drinking heavily, abusing painkillers and muscle relaxants, and using heroin to alleviate the pain. The track list is Strength Beyond Strength, Becoming, Five Minutes Alone, I'm Broken, Good Friends and a Bottle of Pills, Hard Lines, Sunken Cheeks, Slaughtered, 25 Years, Shedding Skin, Use My Third Arm, Throws of Rejection, and Planet Caravan, which is a Black Sabbath cover, for a total length of 56 minutes and 19 seconds. The album peaked at number one on the billboards. The album has since gone platinum. The album received mostly positive reviews. Uh, Rolling Stones gave the album a four out of five stars. Rolling Stones would eventually rank Far Beyond Driven number 39 on their list of 100 greatest metal albums of all time. However, all music critics stated Far Beyond Driven may have been Pantera's fastest selling album upon release, but it's hardly their best. In fact, although it shot straight to number one spot on the Billboard charts in the first week, this incredible feat doesn't so much reflect its own qualities as those of its predecessor, 1992's Vulgar of Vulgar Display of Power. At midnight on March 22, 1994, Pantera launched the release of Far Beyond Driven with an extensive record store campaign. They traveled to 12 cities in almost five days with MTV documenting their progress. Band members signed autographs, met fans, and promoted the album. Pantera toured South America and were accepted into another Monsters of Rock billing. At that festival on June 4, 1994, the Abbott Brothers got into a scuffle with journalists from the music magazine Kerrang! over unflattering cartoon depiction of drummer Vinnie Paul. Then, in late June, Phil was charged with an assault for hitting a security guard after he prevented fans from getting on stage. 
Phil was released on bond for $5,000 the next day. The trial was delayed three times. In May of 1995, he apologized in court and pleaded guilty to attempted assault and was sentenced to 100 hours of community service. Pantera continued their tour of the United Kingdom in 1994 and eventually ended it in the United States where the band was opened for by fellow heavy metal bands. The tour of Far Beyond Driven also took Pantera to Australia and New Zealand for the first time in November and December of 1994. Phil began behaving strangely and distanced himself from the band when they returned to the road in 1995. The rest of the band members first thought that Pantera's perception of his fame have gotten to him, but Phil cited back pain from years of intense performances as the reason for his erratic behavior. Phil attempted to alleviate the pain through alcohol, and as I had said, he was using a lot of other things during his time, but this, as he admitted, was affecting his performance and putting some worry into the band. Doctors predicted that with surgery, Phil's back problem could be corrected, but that the recovery time could take up a whole lot more time than before. Unwillingly to spend that much time away from the band, Phil refused and began using heroin and painkillers. Phil's onstage remarks became notorious during this time. After stating at the Montreal concert that rap music advocates the killing of white people, Phil denied accusations of racism and later issued an apology stating that he was drunk and that his remarks were a mistake. The band hit the studio in October of 95 to work on their eighth album called The Great Southern Trend Killed. Released on May 7, 1996 by Elektra and produced by Terry Date. Phil recorded the vocals for this release in Nine Inch Nails frontman Trent studio in New Orleans while the rest of the band recorded in Dallas. Evidence of the continued distancing between Phil and the rest of the band. In comparison to the band's previous effort, there was a heavier emphasis on vocal overdubbing in a somewhat demonic fashion. This is their most aggressive album. It is known for featuring so much screaming. It also has a more experimental nature such as the acoustic guitars and ballads. The track list is The Great Southern Trendkill, War Nerve, Drag the Waters, Tens, 13 Steps to Nowhere, Suicide Note Part 1, Suicide Note Part 2, Living Through Me, Floods, The Underground in America, and Sandblasted Skin for a total length of 53 minutes and 5 seconds. It reached number four on the billboards and stayed on the charts for 16 weeks and has gone platinum. It got mixed reviews. Floods, the album's longest song, contained a guitar solo considered by many to be Dimebag Daryl's finest. Guitar World magazines voted it as the 32nd greatest guitar solo of all time. The album is available as downloadable content for the video game Rock Band and Tens appears in the English dub Dragon Ball Z, Brawly, the legendary Super Saiyan. Ooh, that was a mouthful right there. I used to watch Dragon Ball Z. I did. I think I quit watching it after Cell. 
So, yeah, it was a long time ago. On July 13th, 1996, during their tour with White Zombie, Phil overdosed on heroin an hour after a Texas homecoming gig. After his heart stopped beating for almost five minutes, paramedics gave Phil a shot of adrenaline and sent him to the hospital. After he woke up in the hospital, the nurse working in his room said, Welcome back to life. Oh, and you have overdosed on heroin. <laughs> That's a good way to tell somebody how you died. Phil apologized to his bandmates the next night and said that he would quit using drugs. The revelation of heroin use came as a shock to Vinny and Daryl. Pantera released their first live album, Official Live 101 Proof, on July 29, 1997, which included 14 live tracks and two new studio recordings, which are Where You Come From and I Can't Hide. The band also received their second and third Best Metal Performance Grammy nominations for The Great Southern Trend Kill, Suicide Note Part 1, and Cowboys from Hell's Cemetery Gates in 97 and 98, respectively. Also in 97, Pantera played the, on the main stage of OzFest alongside Ozzy Osbourne, Black Sabbath, Marilyn Manson, Typo Negative, Fear Factory, Machine Head, and Power Man 5000. Additionally, the band played on the 1998 UK OzFest tour alongside Black Sabbath, Ozzy, Foo Fighters, Slayer, Soulfly, Fear Factory, and Therapy, as well as touring with Clutch. The band wrote a song for the NHL's Dallas Stars during the team's 1999 Stanley Cup championship run called Pluck Off, which in recent years has been used as the Stars' goal song in American Airlines Center. Throughout the season, members of the team befriended members of Pantera. During the Stanley Cup's party hosted by Vinnie Paul, the Stanley Cup was damaged when a guy named Guy <laughs> attempted to throw the cup from the balcony of Vinnie Paul's house into the pool. The cup landed short of the concrete deck and had to be repaired by NHL-commissioned silversmiths. Later on in 1999, Pantera contributed to Ted Nugent's cover Cat Scratch Fever to the soundtrack for the film Detroit Rock City. It became the band's second appearance on the mainstream rock charts, peaking at number 40, and by the end of 99, the band went back to the studio to work on their ninth and final album called Reinventing the Steel. It was released on March 21st, 2000 by Elektra and produced by the Abbott Brothers and Sterling Winfield. Reinventing the Steel contained lyrics mostly about the band itself. There really isn't much else I can find on this album, so the track list is Hellbound. God Electric. Yesterday don't mean crap. You've got to belong to it. Revolution is my name. Death Rattle. We'll grind that axe for a long time. Uplift. It makes them disappear. And I'll cast a shadow for a total length of 43 minutes and 53 seconds. The album peaked at number 4 on the billboards and has gone gold. The record sold more than 161,000 copies in the first week. Again, it got mixed reviews. In 2000, Metal Edge Reader's Choice Awards, the album was voted Album of the Year and the Album Cover of the Year, while the single Revolution Is My Name won Song of the Year. 
Revolution Is My Name was nominated for a Grammy Award for Best Metal Performance in 2001, but lost. The album was ranked at number two on Guitar World's Reader's Poll for Top 10 Guitar Albums of 2000. A section of Death Rattle was used in the 2001 episode of SpongeBob SquarePants called Pre-Hibernation Week, which I never even noticed that. <laughs> in 2000, Pantera played on the main stage of OzFest along with Ozzy, Godsmack, Static X, Methods of Mayhem, Incubus, P.O.D., Black Label Society, Queen of the Stone Age, and Apartment 26. In November, the band canceled their planned tour after Phil broke his ribs after falling during the 8th annual House of Shock event. In 2001, the band once again returned to touring, playing with fellow metal bands Morbid Angel, Scrape, Slayer, and Static X as part of the Extreme Steel Tour of North America. Following the Extreme Steel Tour, the, a planned tour of Europe was cut short as a result of the September 11th attacks, which left the band stranded in Dublin, Ireland, for six days as a result of all flights being cancelled. Pantera played their last show in Yokohama, Japan at the Beast Feast Festival on August 28, 2001. It would be the last time the members of Pantera performed together. Back home, the band planned to release its fourth home video in summer 2002 and record another studio album later that year, but neither came about. Vinny claimed that Phil told him that he would take a year off following the events of September 11th, but Phil's touring and recording output for both Superjoint, Ritual, and Down contradicted this. The Abbott brothers were frustrated and held out for an indefinite period of time, assuming that Phil would return. However, according to Phil, taking a break from Pantera was a mutual thing between each of the band members. The Abbott Brothers officially disbanded Pantera in November of 2003. Also in that year was when they released the Best Of compilation album. The Abbott Brothers also concluded that Phil had abandoned them and would not return. In an MTV Headbangers Ball interview in January of 2004, Vinnie Paul explained that they had not spoken with Phil in two years. Meanwhile, Dimebag implied in an interview that, that Phil had returned to heroin use, which something which Phil said was not true, as he was over three years sober. Phil commented in 2004 issue of Metal Hammer magazine saying that Dimeback would attack him verbally and deserves to be beaten severely. Phil insisted that this comment was tongue-in-cheek and that he was upset that the quote ended up on the cover of the magazine. Caught up in all the bullcrap was Rex Brown, who later said it was it was a bunch of he said, she said nonsense that was going on, and I wasn't going to get in the middle of it. Dimebag and Vinny formed a new band called Damage Plan with Pat Lanchman and Bob Zilla. Damage Plan released their first and only studio album called New Found Power on February 10th, 2004. The album was a commercial success, selling 44,000 copies in the first week alone, and within a year, over 100,000 copies was, was sold. While the album's singles Save Me and Pride had appeared on the mainstream rock charts, 
However, some fans felt that Damage Plan's material did not measure up to that of Pantera. On December 8, 2004, less than a minute into the first song of Damage Plan's show at Arosa Villa in Columbus, Ohio, a 25-year-old man named Nathan Gale walked onto the stage with a gun, shooting and killing Dimebag Daryl. Gale also killed fan Nathan Bray, 23, club employee Aaron Hawk, 29, and Pantera security guard Jeff Mayhem Thompson, 40, and injured longtime Pantera and Damage Plan drummer tech John Cat Brooks and Damage Plan touring manager Chris Pauska before being shot dead by Columbus police officers. No motive has been given as to why Gale killed Dimebag and the other victims. But early theories which were dismissed by police suggested that Gale, who was reported to have been diagnosed with schizophrenia, was apparently upset over Pantera's breakup. In a number of interviews, some of Gale's friends suggested that he claimed that he had written songs that were stolen by Pantera. When Phil called in the aftermath of the murders, Rita, Dimebag's girlfriend, told him she would blow Phil's head off if he attended Dimebag's funeral. He was buried with Eddie Van Halen's black and yellow stripe electric guitar, which was pictured with Van Halen on the inner sleeve and back cover of the album Van Halen 2. Dimebag had asked for one of these guitars in 2004, shortly before his death. Eddie Van Halen originally agreed to make Dimebag a copy of the guitar, but upon hearing Dimebag's death, offered to place the actual guitar in his casket. Dimebag was buried in a Kiss casket, a casket inspired by the band Kiss. Gene Simmons said, and I quote, There was a limited number made, and I set mine to the family of Dimebag Daryl. He requested it in his will to be buried in a Kiss casket as he sort of learned his rock and roll roots by listening to us for some strange reason." Unquote. Not long after Dimebag's murder, Phil received a heated message from Vinny, which, according to Phil, went along the lines of that Phil's day was coming. Phil's rebuttal was that everybody's day is coming, and that if his day should end before Vinny, it would not change anything, except for Vinny to go through losing another brother. Public comments made by Phil following the shooting suggested that he had considered reuniting with the band prior to Dimebag's death. However, one year after the murder, Vinny Paul stated in an interview that this reunion was never going to happen. On May 11, 2006, the VH1 Behind the Music episode of Pantera premiered. While focusing heavily on Dimebag's murder and burial, the episode also detailed the band's glam metal beginnings and the band rise to popularity after the change in musical direction and the conflict between Phil and the Abbott brothers in the band's later years that would tear the band apart. When asked by Crave Music in 2006 if there was any chance of reconciling with Phil, Vinny answered, absolutely not, that's it. The former Pantera drummer, subsequently began work on Hell Yeah, a collaboration between 
him and members of Mudvayne and Nothing Face. Both Phil and Brown reunited with Down and supported Heaven and Hell and Megadeth for their 2007 Canadian tour, as well as supporting Metallica on the first half on their World Magnetic Tour. In an interview in 2009 and 2010, both Rita and Phil stated that after a meeting at Download in 2009, they had patched up their differences and are once again on speaking terms. On March 30, 2010, Pantera released a Greatest Hits compilation album titled 1990-2000, through 2000, A Decade of Domination. It was made available exclusively at Walmart stores and is made up of 10 tracks that were remastered. During a 2012 appearance on That Metal Show, when asked about the possibility of a Pantera reunion, Vinny said it would be possible if Dimebag were still alive. Despite being proud of his Pantera years, however, he indicated that there was no plans of a reunion, adding that some stones are better left unturned. In 2013, Brown published his autobiography titled Official Truth, One-on-One Proof, which chronicled his time in Pantera. Comments about a potential one-off reunion concert continue to resurface periodically with Zach Wilde often being suggested as a stand-in replacement for Daryl. Vinnie Paul, however, had been strictly resistant to this idea. Despite several tries for reconciliation by Phil towards Vinny, the two men remain permanently estranged. On June 22, 2018, Vinny Paul died at the age of 54, making him the second founding member of Pantera following his brother to die. Sources initially said that the cause of death was a massive heart attack in his sleep, but on August 27, 2018, the official cause of death was revealed to be a dilated cardiomyopathy and artery disease. I might have mispronounced something here. <laughs> it's that hospital term stuff, guys. And I'm from the South. We don't know none of that bullcrap. Anyway, in November 2018, Phil H. and Selmo and the Illegals, while on tour, supported their second full-length album, played their first set list composed primarily of Pantera songs. The trend continued, although, throughout the rest of the year, as well as in 2019, with the tour being dubbed as a Pantera tribute. On January 28, 2020, Pantera surpassed 1 billion streams across most major streaming music services. On July 13, 2022, Billboards reported that Brown and Phil were reuniting in 23 for Pantera's first major tour in 22 years. It was announced that they had signed with Artist Group International to book a North American tour. Zach Wilde and Charlie Benedict were later announced as the respective fill-ins for Dimebag and Vinnie Paul. When asked in November 22 if Pantera were planned to record new material, Charlie said, and I quote, Oh man, who knows? Creatively, if we are flowing and getting going and things are starting to be really good, musically speaking, you never know what could happen and that I've got a ton of riffs. Unquote. Sterling Winfield, who produced 
reinventing the steel, stated that he would not feel comfortable calling it Pantera, but added that the new lineup could make some very good music. The new version of Pantera played their first show in 21 years in Latin America in December of 22, co-headlining Mexico's Monterey Metal Fest with Judas Priest, and also appeared at Heaven and Hell Metal Fest in Mexico and Not Fest in Chile, Brazil, and Colombia. The band then went on to their first full-scale tour of Europe since 2000 in May and June of 23 and supported Metallica on selected North American dates of their 23-24-72 seasons tour. Three shows into the band's 22 Latin American run, it was revealed that Rex Brown had contracted COVID-19 and was replaced by bassist Derek Ingeman for the remaining shows. The band concerts at the Rock M Ring and Rock Ein Park festivals in Germany and Vienna, Australia in 23, were canceled following an outcry over Phil's previous racist remarks and his showing of the Hitler salute at earlier events. So, already getting controversy, but as always, they've been on tour ever since. Well, you guys are caught up on the groove metal band. It was for sure a learning experience. They have influenced so many bands around the world with their style, and I learned a lot about them. Like, I didn't even know they were a glam metal band. And all their glam albums are not even on Apple streaming services. So, like, they do not acknowledge their glam roots very often. But anyway, let's talk about my top five albums. Coming in at number five is... The Great Southern Trend Kill. Number four, Reinventing the Steel. Number three, Far Beyond Driven. Number two, Cowboys from Hell. And number one, Vulgar Display of Power. This is my opinion, guys. And it is what it is. (laughs) So guys, you do not want to miss out on this next episode as I'm going to be talking about the legendary Black Sabbath. I will be talking about from their origins to 1979. So, yeah, this is going to be a doozy right here. Uh, I figured I was going to focus on the beginning all the way up to when Ozzy left. So, you guys don't want to miss this next episode. But, you know, if you want to have some updates, head over to my TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, wherever you got social media, and I'm there. You can just totally watch my videos that I post quite regularly. I do a lot more on TikTok because the the following's mostly there. But if you guys want to start building my following elsewhere, I say go for it. <laughs> um, also, there's a link in each one of those pages and it can take you over to get my merch. You know, if you want to get a t-shirt, hats, you know, hoodie, please go help me out and go buy some merch, guys. Um, also in that link, you guys can get some better help. So I highly recommend that if you are needing better help. But I got nothing else left to say other than class dismissed. History of the Bands.